Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society is on Patreon? Patreon allows you to support our work by becoming dues-paying members of our society. We are an independent, women-run endeavor with a commitment to delivering the highest quality listening experience to our community. And so we've taught ourselves how to record, edit, and produce a podcast in midlife, a time when most of us are asking our kids how to regram a TikTok so that we can deliver episodes that truly speak to you. Support from PCPS patrons means that we can devote more of our time and resources to the content, sources, equipment, software, hosting, and research that you've come to depend on without worrying about how to pay the bills. So thank you. We appreciate you from the bottom of our bell-bottomed hearts. (laughs) Well, she's a meme, so she can't talk. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen to this episode. I really don't. (laughs) I think we have like eight salvageable minutes. Hello, world. There's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who wore their socks up to their knees and their collars popped up to the sky. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall Will and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving the most trusted news source of our generation, Dynamite Magazine. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. We'll make you happy. Surprisingly, what we thought was kind of a shit show episode turned out <laughs> to be one of my favorites. Any guesses what that one might be, ladies? I mean... It could be one of many, so <laughs> I don't know. But I think, but Carolyn, it's my favorite too. Yeah, oh, it's good. the one oh, that good. the one that made me laugh the hardest um, of all of them. I think. Yes. Yeah, so that would be. I'm guessing we are all on the same page. Yeah. That would be episode number twenty two, dynamite. It always delivered, and we went in with one idea of how it was going to go. Came out with a whole another idea as to how it went. <laughs> And uh, what did you guys think about our little shit show? Yeah, we just, we went in with a big plan like we always do. This one took a hard turn, came up with something different. And I, what I love about this is we all just literally were like, let's just go with it. We're done. We can't just keep, go. we can't keep, we can't do mm-hmm. this again. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be, this was supposed to be a very simple episode in which we take the stack of Dynamite magazines generously um, gifted to us by a society member. Thank you, Martha Kunau. Um, and we were just going to page through them very leisurely and read them out loud to each other. Like, <laughs> hey, do you guys want Leif Garrett's dress? Because it's here in Dynamite magazine. Uh, and it turned out to be the closest thing that I've had to slumber party hysterics since 1979. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're so right. We weren't sure Mm -hmm. if Mercury was in retrograde. We had somehow angered the podcast gods. Um, (laughs) But there was so much that went haywire in this episode. There were power outages, technical difficulties, laughing attacks. But yet, like so many things in life, the joy and the fun was in that mess. Mm-hmm. Not to mention mm-hmm. that this episode provided me with probably one of my favorite strolls down memory lane yet that I've experienced as we've researched stuff. It unlocked and wiped away some cobwebs of forgotten memories in the corner of my mind that might never, ever have been uncovered if it weren't for these dynamite issues. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? I mean, yes, but <laughs> even even outside of the content of it, like we just couldn't stop laughing. We just couldn't oh, gosh. stop laughing. Well, and I, I think, also yeah. sorry. I was gonna say it wasn't it was the stop we couldn't stop laughing. I think it's from what happens like the last fifteen minutes of the episode that are yeah. the funniest when my power goes out and you guys don't know that my power's out. And but leading up to it, like Kristen, you said earlier, we were supposed to we were like, this is gonna be so easy. We'll just flip mm-hmm. through and we quickly realized we were like you guys, this is this is like crickets. Like this isn't hit. This isn't falling where we wanted it to fall. Like this isn't. But I think there's humor in that when you listen to it because we say that we are saying it now. But when yeah. you listen to this episode, we will say that again in the intro. That like, please just go with it. And please, if you understand that that's what was happening when you're listening to this episode, it becomes a lot more interesting. 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know what I forgot about? One of, I think one of my favorite parts besides the hysterics was that we interview Martha, the person oh, who actually gifted us these magazines. This was her subscription, not from eBay, but when they arrived at her house in fourth yes. grade. And she had a subscription from like second grade to eighth grade or something crazy. And so we're paging through these magazines and lo and behold, Martha has filled in all the little quizzes. We have, it's like a time capsule in the back of the magazine in Martha's handwriting. And so we decide to call up Martha and quiz her on her answers and see if she can. But it's a great part of the episode because Martha is like the perfect foil. She's like, we love Martha. And I just love the way when we're like, Kind of, she was such a good sport about it too, because yeah, we were asking her like, who do you think you put down as, you know, the top three celebrities you want to see? And you know, the answers, I'm not going to spoil it, but the answers okay. are pretty funny. And I just love how she's it's trying not so Cassidy. hard to get. It's not Scott Baio. Yeah. It's no. not. It's yeah. Just, it's a good, you. it's a good interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, that interview was fun. And again, just flipping through those magazines rekindled some memories that I had forgotten, like Mm -hmm. That's Incredible, that TV show. I Honestly, guys, I had totally forgotten about it, but we chat about that. We talk about the hosts, Fran Tarkenton, Sarah Purcell, and John Davidson. And lo and behold, what happened? I know. Okay, same, Carolyn. I loved that show. And even as a child, I mean, John Davidson was, he was, I knew enough to know he was good looking. I wasn't crushing on him because he was way older, but like, I don't know how much older, I say way older. Now it's probably not that big of a difference, but, (laughs) but I knew enough to know like, that is a pretty man. Like he is good. Like he has good hair. You guys, he follows PCPS on Instagram. Yeah. We're friends. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And he has a little blue check and everything. We're like this. (laughs) It's the real John Davidson. Also, also, can I say he's still a pretty man? The hair he has the stayed. Hair? He still has, and it's gray. Oh, yeah, he's still a nice-looking man. He he you looks exactly remember? like he he looks exactly like you put John Davidson in one of those aging machines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, or those apps. You it's know, those filter. apps. It's a yeah, filter, filter they put on that wrinkles. you look at, and it's like yeah. this is what you're going to look like as an old man. It's like you took John Davidson's picture and did that, but it's not bad. I'm not saying that as a is a bad thing, John Davidson. If you're listening, you are a very handsome, it's salt handsome pepper, man. Um, sexy. Yeah, salt and pepper. Sexy. You aged I just made a well. Yes. I love yeah. that salt and pepper. Sexy. Okay. Do you guys remember? Don't forget that we ran into that guy at the Monkeys concert who was John Davidson's ski instructor. Wait, what? Oh, that's don't right. you remember this? We're standing in line oh. waiting to get our vax cards checked to go in and see the Monkeys. The day, like basically the day before Michael Nesmith dies, RIP. And a guy says that he was John Davidson's ski instructor. And do you remember what happened when it snowed? No. No. They had to go inside. Seriously, I had one Cosmo at dinner and I don't remember this. (laughs) When it snowed on the ski slopes, mind you, when it snowed, they had to go in. Why? Because of his hair. His (gasps) hair. He didn't want to ruin his hair. Wait, he didn't even have on like a hat? Like a snow hat hat on that? takes a lot of time oh gosh mm-hmm. oh that's hilarious yeah well, john is this you're the guy listening. that took the picture with us yeah, yeah. okay maybe yeah. i was busy like i'm um, getting my vax card out or something <laughs> i mean good for him for protecting his best asset let's just say that's that's true yeah. and i was about that's to say he wasn't you. wearing a helmet but we, we didn't wear helmets back then no no, no, um, no. also his like hair was kind of a helmet <laughs> if you think about this <laughs> john davidson brought his own built-in helmet <laughs> it was right. a hair-shaped hair. helmet, so it wouldn't must. It was good hair. hair. It's still just, good hair. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. really great hair. Off. We love him for it. Well, we loved remembering John Davidson, but I gotta say, you guys, perhaps my favorite rediscovered memory was Shields and Yarnell. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even say their names. <laughs> I'm just remembering the conversation. <laughs> I know. And one of the best parts of that conversation, I think, was. Um, trying to decide if the dynamic new duos are actually memes or mimes. Okay, okay. first of all, I just okay, <laughs> we're all cutting each other off now. Number one, I have realized since recording this episode that Shields and Yarnell had matching Tony Tennille haircuts. I wrote that down. Oh yes, my god, they did. <laughs> matching, yeah, okay, matching haircuts. But let's just settle the mime meme thing. Okay, we're just going to settle it right now. So this was a cultural reference that you went wrong. <laughs> like a lot of things in the from, sense. Right. It Kristen's going to try to defend Diane, herself now. Yep. Mm-hmm. It comes from Diane Chambers, 
the, you know, barmaid slash PhD candidate on Cheers, who makes a reference to a time when she herself worked as a meme. <laughs> because, of course, she says it the French way. But nobody knows what I'm saying. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. So instead of making a 1980s TV cultural reference, I am Diane Chambers. I'm the person who says meme. <laughs> and you insist that it's meme. So for those it's of you meme. that are listening yeah. to this episode, and maybe you've listened to many episodes over the past <laughs> six or seven months, but you've never listened to this Dynamite episode, and you've heard anytime we say something about Fran- French or France, Carolyn and I will always say, well, let's ask, let's, let's defer to Kristen because she's French. Or, well, Kristen can tell us she's French. You're about to hear why we always say right. that. <laughs> this means that I took French in seventh grade. <laughs> we'll never well, let actually, you live it down. No, it's permanent. And that is the correct pronunciation in France, because I went just <laughs> did a little fact checking. In the UK and here in America, mime is how you pronounce it. So, you, you know, I guess technically we can both say we were right. But. Well, you know what it's become? We'll never let you live it down. This whole, it has become if you will, a PCPS meme. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. And she walks away. But I want, okay, in the newsletter, the next newsletter, we're putting in the clip where Diane Chambers talks about being a meme. Okay, Okay, let's do it. (laughs) That works great. Well, since we're talking about Shields and Yarnell and this memory was uncovered at that episode, I've since gone down some more of a rabbit hole because I love to do that. And I want to share a few things I've, learned about Shields and Yarnell that I did not know when we did that episode, but I can oh, give you a little bit. Oh, yeah. So buckle up. This is I can't get enough Shields and Yarnell. Let me just tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, never like enough. Chris, <laughs> there, there is never enough. Wait, did yeah. we decide dead or not dead? <laughs> well, Yarnell is dead, but um, oh, Shields is no. not. Yes. Yarnell, sadly, in 2010, died of a brain aneurysm. I don't remember if we included that in the episode. I wonder if at his uh, funeral, she just <laughs> mimed, like, digging the dirt. <laughs> Michelle, it Michelle. <laughs> what? Yarnell is the woman. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, but with She's the magic the haircuts, you can't yeah. tell. It's true. Well, it's so funny that you said that because... When I was doing my rabbit hole digging, it was those these photos that, again, just more cobwebs were flying around because, yes, the Tony Tennille haircuts, I had forgotten. I mean, they look like twins. You look at these pictures and they could be twins. Then there was the one that I thought, oh, my gosh, this was just memories unlocked where um, Robert Shields, he's wearing um, like an ascot and he has a pipe and um, she has these curlers in her hair, rollers in her hair. And they're the clinkers. Okay, maybe you don't remember the clinkers, but if you see this image, and we'll make sure and post it and so other people can see them, that was this robotic couple that oh, I do know. <gasps> would yeah, have okay. these um, scenes on their sketch comedy show as well as on Sonny and Cher, on the John Davidson show, on Mac Davis's show. And they are credited with... The beloved robot dance move. Wait, like they created it? Yes, yes. Before Can that, that be true? Can that be true? Well, wait, that's you've what... got to see. Carolyn is doing the robot <laughs> yeah. right now. Well, do it. I, do it. I remember my sister and I would do it. And do you remember the um, <laughs> some of those scenes where they were like this husband and wife, and they would go to kiss each other, but they'd like miss, or they'd go to hug, but they, they would miss. And she, there's one like they're making breakfast and she pours the cereal and it goes like all over the place and then they pour the milk and it goes everywhere. So they oh are more God. than memes. They are. And um, he said in an interview that one of the keys to uh, really all of their miming, memeing that made them so successful was the ability to, to not blink for long periods of time. That was kind of the key. I'm trying it right That's now. That's what set them yeah. apart. That's right. Yes. Do you know he practiced and practiced and practiced because there's a muscle in the back of your eye that controls your blinking. So he, again, trained, practiced. He could do it for two and a half hours. No, he could no not blink for blinking? two and a half hours. Yes. Yeah, your eyes that get really, your eyes get stingy. My, my sister and I used to have staring contests, right? Yes. And your eyes start to burn. Oh, yeah. Well, if you trained 
like Robert Schultz did, <laughs> then you too could go for a while. Well, Carolyn, how about in this week's newsletter, along with the Cheers clip, I'm going to find the Shields and Yarnell Clinkers doing oh, yes. um, the robot, and we're going to put that in. So make sure if you are not already signed up for our newsletter, um, just go to our website at poppreservationists.com, and there'll be a box right there where you can sign up. If you're on Instagram, you can go to our Linktree link, and it's all very self-explanatory. Um, but uh, we'll put these in this week's Weekly Reader. Yeah. And I, again, you will be amazed at what memories come flooding back to you. You too will remember <laughs> playing with your sibling and reenacting the <laughs> breakfast um, pouring of the cereal. I could watch this all day. <laughs> well, can we maybe put this clip on, on Patreon yes, too? Well, maybe we can. Because you guys really need to see Carolyn doing the robot. It's awesome. I think and, she's practiced. And she says she doesn't dance. She says she doesn't sing. Not, she yeah. says she doesn't dance. Well, and here she's doing the robot. That's a lie. Well, I can she do the, the stilted maybe. <laughs> yeah, my sister and I would just spend hours doing that. We loved that. Yes. And you know what? Shields went on to become the director of clowning. For Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. <laughs> Why so, are you laughing? I don't know. I mean, it's it makes just sense. whole life. It's That's just his whole life. Well, and he spent hours and hours training not to blink. Thanks for right. he devoted his life to. Oh, Director God. of Clowning. I don't know why they make well, me laugh so hard now. I know. Well, here is maybe the most exciting news I have oh, to God, share with you Oh, God, there's more. <laughs> there's more. And I, I just want to make sure I get it right that I say everything correctly because this year 2022 the documentary my life as a robot will be (laughs) premiering at film festivals across the country this is the documentary about robert shields and his life as a robot so i will make sure and include a link in our show notes to the trailer a link for the documentary. A link. We're going. A link. All I'm thinking of right now is which one? Sundance. We're there. Is it you the guys, I really Festival? doubt it. Sundance at film festivals across. You know, it's like the Ringling Brothers Film Festival. I mean, is it really going to be like up against you should these see the other? website? Well, I, oh, I don't know. I'm going mean, to look I'm it up. Sh- don't worry. <laughs> Okay. Okay, but more importantly, th- it's my life as a robot, not my life as that's a, a meme. mime. Oh, so that's right. That's interesting because we just learned five minutes ago that they were the robots. Right, and I think that's kind of how they think also, that they're going to be remembered. They like tweaked the memeing miming to be robotic. Robot. Also, guess. the my life makes me a little sad for Yarnell because oh, he's just Yarnell. leaving her out yeah. of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, this I guess, since true. she's not around to contribute, and he can't say our lives. And they got a divorce, <laughs> but I think it was oh. amicable. Um, and she got was remarried and living in like Norway or Sweden or somewhere I'm, over there. I'm just, I'm doing the Michelle <laughs> thing now, where I'm picturing them in court miming their like, divorce <laughs> proceedings. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, okay, this court proceeding may begin, but there's no speaking. <laughs> Honestly, you guys, after all this, we could have done an entire Shields and Yarnell episode. I know. And oh, maybe it's coming. It's coming. Guys, well, when clearly. we preview the film, and then yeah. maybe we'll have him on as a guest. Yeah, I, oh, wait. See, I got mixed up again. So he's the one who's alive. Yes. And she's the one who died. Yes. All and right. he but is put an a dress artist. on him, and he's still got. Does he have the haircut still? I don't know. I'll, we'll have to look. I'm sure in the okay. film we would see. But he's an artist, and he likes to do ceramics and design jewelry. He lives in California, and he's still. Um, Creating and practicing is not I think blinking. That's kind of fun. Okay, <laughs> and he hasn't blinked since 1992. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good on you. <laughs> okay. Should we go to the episode? <laughs> yes. So, hey guys, thanks for again. listening. Um, let's raise our glasses for a toast. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt, you guys, that this might be the episode where I needed my depends the most. And <laughs> until we just recorded this part, and then now I might need them again. But it's funny, it's fun, and we want you all to enjoy our encore presentation, episode 22, Dynamite, It Always Delivered. I recently received a text message that would change history for the Pop Culture Preservation Society. It was from my friend Martha, who had just gotten home from a visit with her mom, who still lives in Martha's childhood home, where Martha learned that her mom had saved every issue of Dynamite magazine that had ever come into their house. It was a goldmine. 
six years worth of Dynamite magazine. And instead of running to eBay, Martha called me, a true preservationist, exalted status as a society member, Martha. Congratulations to you. She could have made a pretty penny selling these, and instead she essentially donated them to our cause of saving the cultural nuggets of the classic Gen X childhood. And nothing says classic Gen X childhood like dynamite. It's my Newsweek. It was my Newsweek. It was my Us Magazine, my People Magazine, my Entertainment Weekly, all rolled into one. Absolutely it was. I remember the day that the dynamite arrived in the Scholastic Book Order, and it was the Fonzie edition. I think every kid in my third grade class ordered the Fonzie edition of Dynamite Magazine. Mm -hmm. Wow. Do you um, guys have any idea when the first time that the uh, Dynamite Magazine would have been an option in your scholastic book order? Oh, let's see. I'm going to guess. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 78. I'm going to say, no, it's got to be earlier than that because I was getting them in 76 for sure. So I'm going to say 75 or 76. It was actually 1974, oh, March of it. 1974 to be exact. And any thoughts on who might have graced the cover of the very first issue okay. of Dynamite Magazine? Tell me the month. It was March. March of oh, 1974. You need the month too. Wow, that's that's some serious I'm wheels say turning in your head. It's it's pre Donnie and Marie, but it's not pre Donnie Osmond. But that's kind of, that's big stuff for Dynamite to have Donny Osmond on the color, cover. He would have been on Tiger Beat. Um, let's say the Brady Bunch. I was just about to say someone from the Brady Bunch or the Brady Bunch. Actually, uh, no, it was Hawkeye and Radar from <gasps> MASH. They oh graced the very first cover. So yeah, those were the eyes we, some of mm-hmm. us looked into when we, if we ordered that very first and issue. There's a there is a definite mash affinity as i've been going through all of these issues there's tons of mash in there and that certainly was not a children's show but we were watching it with our parents yeah carolyn did uh when when did dynamite start um being published because did was it tied to scholastic book clubs yes from the it was beginning? um okay. actually so 1974 it was founded by believe it or not a 27 year old woman her name's jeanette con mm-hmm. and she did the first three issues before she actually left and went to DC Comics as mm-hmm. um, a writer, publisher. And six years later, I think it was six, five or six years later, she was named the first female president and youngest president of DC Comics. So she wow. was, wow. I mean, ahead of her time. Power. She was 30 years old. She was the president of chick. DC Comics. Yes. But so, also, it's um, not its not really surprising. Uh, well, Yes, for the era that a 27-year-old mm-hmm. woman launched this, definitely for 1970, probably three at the time when she's coming up with it, yeah, but of, not yeah, yeah. in that it's someone young that created this magazine because you can tell she was so still in touch with yeah, she kids was. Yeah. Yes. and what they and liked and what spoke. they were interested in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is the next editor that followed Jeanette was Jane Stein. And guess what? She is the wife of R.L. Stein, the writer no. Goosebumps. The Goosebumps no. books. Yes. Yeah, and there were maybe two more editors that followed um, Jane and Jeanette. And after 165 issues, Dynamite ceased existence in 1992 after 18 years. That's a good Can run. Can you believe that? That's a good run. Now your quiz is who was on the final cover of Dynamite oh. Magazine. And what March year? of 1992. I'm, I don't want you to suffer because oh. <laughs> I'm not sure you would have put these two people together, which Dynamite had a way of doing. Sometimes putting yeah. two people like together. Like Chewbacca and Sean and Cassidy. Sean Cass- yeah. 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 That didn't that in real life didn't work, but on there it did. Our final cover featured Julia Roberts and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, oh. that's weird. I don't like yeah. that. Not sure um, <laughs> what that connection is, but yes, they were the final cover of dynamite so we thought the best way to share dynamite with our listeners would be to read some of the most significant passages we unearthed you know to release our findings from this anthropological dig so why don't we get started Kristen, you want to go first the first episode that we have is october of 1979 um sean cassidy is on the cover and the headline says sean cassidy in breaking away so this is a new era for sean cassidy this is not to do run run this is not hardy boys the hardy boys has now been canceled and you can tell 
by the cover that he's a new Sean Cassidy. He's still got the beautiful feathered hair, but he's now got a side part instead of a middle part. Shaking things it's up. It's a new, yep, he Sean. is. He's shaking things up. So when you open the magazine, the first thing that you see is something that says, sticker up your bike. Did you guys have stickers on your bike? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sticker up your bike. It says, give your bike the sticker picker upper with a dynamite set of peel and stick bicycle stickers. You'll find your breaking away sticker in the front of this ish, which <laughs> it took me a couple of seconds to realize that's Ooh, issue. Issue. Mm-hmm. It's in the front of this ish. And then we were talking about how Jane Stein must have had a way of speaking like kids do. So I don't know if she came up with ish or if she heard people say ish. I loved how they um, would include all that fun stuff like stickers. There was always something to punch out from dynamite mm-hmm. or make a mobile or a yep. game or hang this poster up. I love that. Right. Well, and this is very interesting. They So they have a little place where they wish happy birthday to a lot of celebrities. Um, mm-hmm. And then they put the address of that celebrity that. Yes. to write a letter to them. So you can send, so the first one is Leif Garrett. His birthday's on um, November 8th. And you can send cards to Leif at Care of Atlantic Records, 75 oh. Rockefeller Plaza, New York, New York, 10019. You can also send one to Lou Ferrigno. If anybody wants Lou Ferrigno's address, please let me know. I have it. I think my sister wrote him a fan letter, to be honest with you. Oh, Lou well, Ferrigno. She, she probably, yeah, and Ricardo Montalban. Mm-hmm. She probably got she dynamite. Loves that That's where she got all those addresses. Uh-huh. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're Lou probably Ferri- right. She probably did. Is Lou Ferrigno it was cool dead to have, or not uh, dead? He, he died oh. early, I think, didn't he? Oh, or am dead. I thinking of Andre the Giant? Andre the Giant's definitely dead. Okay, Andre the Giant died. Maybe Lou Ferrigno is still alive. I hope so. Okay, yeah, we'll do a little fact check. Someone check. Okay. Um, having a sister, though, was cool because one dynamite, we could both um, read it. I'm assuming. I wonder if we did. I wonder if we shared them. Hmm. Okay, my issue of dynamite is from December. My first issue I'm going to share is from December 1980, and I would have been all over this issue if I didn't own it. Uh-oh. I don't remember if I did or not, but this is... Got <gasps> cutie patootie Chachi's got Scott Bayo on the cover, and it's a really cute age. This was this mm-hmm. was I loved this Chachi. You know, this is like That's right good. in Chachi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it says Dynamite spends a happy day with Scott Bayo. Scott was supposed to be on vacation when Dynamite was talking to him, but he didn't feel much like relaxing with his usual pastimes. A game of racquetball or tennis. I have poison oak right now, he explained. Besides getting into a hot shower and suddenly having the water turn to ice, Scott told us, this poison oak stuff is one of my main pet peeves. Top of the list. Scott ran into the poison oak while chasing down one of the 50 pigeons he and his dad raised in their California backyard. Pigeon raising is a long-time Bayo hobby, according to Scott. When my dad was a kid, he had a pigeon coop with about 500 birds. And when we lived in Brooklyn, we had a pigeon coop, too. In Brooklyn? Okay, pigeons are like the garbage dump of yes. birds. Like that's, that's disgusting, like Scott Bales. Yeah, exactly. No okay, wonder why? And the, and the whole poison ivy thing just seems like too much information or maybe it's irrelevant. <laughs> I don't. They have in the, the bottom shower. <laughs> if you want to write a letter to Scott Bayo, send it to ABC TV. Okay, also, uh, my favorite uh, section, if not then, because I have no idea. I don't really have a memory of uh, definite memories of dynamite. But now reading through all of these is definitely the what's the word. It's like a mini Us magazine or a mini Entertainment yeah. Tonight. It, is it my gives you all part. the celebrity updates. So mm-hmm. I like this one. And also kind of like the one you just read. This is some information that I'm not sure they, first of all, where they got it. How reputable is it? And <laughs> they should have been giving out. Because this says It seems hotline. like they're insinuating stuff. Yes. Hotline Television City. Dana Plato, the 15-year-old co-star of Different Strokes, is hoping the scriptwriters will start giving her some different jokes. That's in quotes. <laughs> says Dana, nothing in the show is funny, but Gary's lines. I'm a straight man for Gary Coleman. Ouch. Dana is Ooh. not leaving the show, just hoping for some more laughs. Phew. Now, here's my thing. Phew. That Did is they put that's phew a, in the, that's yeah, in print? W-H-E-W. Phew. Okay. <laughs> That's like a fireable quote. I'm sure thinking. it is. Mm-hmm. And and dynamite. Who who did she say that to? Right. Dana Plato's not real smart if she actually said that to someone that it got printed. It's very overt. That does not mm-hmm. sound like something her PR person peddled mm-hmm. to People Magazine in order to get attention, to get more money for her contract. No. 
Right. And we then need to call I Jane like- Stein and ask where they got these <laughs> yes. little tidbits. Well, I'm going to follow up. Um, I have some nice follow ups to what you guys were talking about. I have the no- November 1980 issue of Dynamite that, yes, does feature, as we've said, Fran Tarkenton, Kathy Lee Crosby, and John Davidson. They can't believe that they are on the cover of Dynamite because that's what the little speech bubble <laughs> says. That's incredible. We're on the cover of Dynamite. <laughs> yes. And so we um, are entertained in the very first article with a feature on, that's incredible, a man six feet tall puts himself into a plastic box 16 inches by 17 inches by 22 inches and remains there for 36 minutes. Then he does the same stunt again. This time submerged at the bottom of a oh, swimming God. pool. No, I know. You. We watch this stuff. That's my anxiety. I'm probably, <laughs> this is probably when my anxiety started. This is where it began. Is watching these poor people. Um, so, yes, it goes on to say that some critics have charged that shows like That's Incredible are too bizarre, too oh freaky. But the producer denies that charge. He says, we do many serious stories, stories about breakthroughs in medical research and things that are going on in the animal world and so on. You think this was kind of like early reality TV? It absolutely was. Real people. That's incredible. When you think about the fact that those shows were on at the same time, it was Mm -hmm. kind of the same show. And it was different from anything that had ever been on TV before. But Mm -hmm. truthfully, I mean, in That's Incredible's defense, I was not tuning in to see the medical breakthroughs. I was tuning in to see the guy put himself into the box. (laughs) The next one that I have is the March 1980 edition. It has Gilda Radner on the cover. And I have two things to read you from, again, What's the Word, which is the Us Weekly part of... um, of what is this magazine called? It's called Dynamite. 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 <laughs> okay, Hotline Hollywood. Here, here's a good one. Oh, Heavenly Dog. The movie Oh, Heavenly Dog will be bringing <gasps> oh, that yeah. really heavenly dog, Benji, back to the big screen. Chevy oh, no. Chase also stars, and the new twist in this flick is that the character Chevy plays dies and comes back to life as Benji. That means that Benji will be talking, not barking, with Chevy's voice. But here's the really big secret. Although most of the filming was done in Canada, some scenes had to be shot in London. Thanks to certain English quarantine laws, the real Benji was not allowed into the country. That called for a big talent search for a Benji stand-in. A Benji lookalike was in fact found, so when you see the movie, be sure to look carefully at the quote-unquote Benji in the London (laughs) scenes. Will you be able to tell the difference? Well, now we will. Had they not told I know. us that? <laughs> Spoiler. Exactly. I didn't want to know that. As a kid, you're like, wah, wah, wah. Not, I know. Let's go see Not Really Benji. Not Really I just think it's funny that Benji's real name is Benji. Wait, do we remember this movie? Where yeah. he talks yes, like I Chevy do. Ch- I don't. I never saw it because I, I saw like one movie a year and that didn't qualify. But um, I just thought Benji was um, the movie about the dog named Benji and that that little dog had its own name. But apparently Benji was his hmm. own star. He yeah. alone was a celebrity. There you go. Okay, That's I have um, I here's another little nugget from Hotline Television City. Will Michael Landon, who plays Charles Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie, have to be written out of the scripts for future episodes? <gasps> I hope not. As all fans of the Little House books know, in the real life story, see, we didn't actually read the books. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> In the real-life story, Laura Ingalls never saw her parents again after she married Almanzo Wilder. She was only 14 when she married Almanzo, and she married him against her parents' wishes. Will the show follow the book so closely that we'll never see Laura's family again? Keep an eye on this one to see what happens. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. can we just have a moment to realize that, one, they didn't they didn't approve of the marriage. Two, she was 14 and never saw her parents again. Again. And and mm-hmm. maybe they didn't leave on that great of terms because they weren't, they didn't like Almanzo that much. So oh. we are not, maybe are not getting the proper picture of um, I like the my whole picture Little better. House. Lies. I'm going to take <laughs> Michael Landon over, over the real deal. When I just opened my Dynamite from... August of 80, it says there's sin, it's the, the letters from listeners are from readers. Mm-hmm. And there's, this must be the next month because this letter says, Dear Dynamite, and what's the word of Dynamite number 70? You said that all fans of the Little House books 
know that Laura Ingalls married Almanzo Wilder at age 14 and never saw her parents again. Well, I have read all the books, and they say she got married at 18 and saw her parents all the time, which is right. Jill Underhill, Tigered Organ. Dear Way Jill, to go, Jill. The, I know. I like you, Jill. Mm-hmm. Yes. Way to put it to dynamite. Truth in journalism. Dear yes. Jill, the books are right, of course. Dynamite always does things in a big way, and that includes goofs. We nearly, we really goofed in number 70 with our wrong information and many Little House fans wrote to correct us. We sincerely apologize for our error and hope everyone accepts it. Thanks for letting us know in such a nice way that we made a mistake. Dynamite. Wait, that's so weird, Kristen, because I had no... No, I had no this idea. This is not you were scripted, read people. This, this is not scripted. Right. It is not. I was just, I thought I was, I thought it was my turn to share. And I opened my next dynamite to see what year it was. And I, that the little house just popped out at me. So I just kind of scanned it and I was like, oh my gosh. That's kismet right there. <gasps> what is happening? Yeah. Well, yeah. A few things. One, thank you, God, because I was very <laughs> upset there, as you just heard a few minutes ago, that she didn't see them anymore. Two, I'm kind of concerned now. How much of this is even real? <laughs> I can't believe that they just – that was a huge goof. Also, that they, Dynamite, that they just admitted we – um, Dynamite always does things in a big way, and that includes goofs. So it's basically <laughs> like they're saying, when we mess up, we don't do it small. We do it big. We go big or go home with our mistakes. Look at this, you guys. This is the um, – this is the July 1975 issue of Dynamite magazine. Look who's on the cover. It's the Slee Stacks from the Land of the Lost. Marshall, Will, and Holly on the routine expedition met the greatest earthquake ever known. Okay, so there's a whole article in here about the Land of the Lost, and they give give this very um, layperson's explanation of how they film it, which is some archaic things about stop motion um, filming and green screen technology, which is not at all um, interesting anymore. Um, But they do give the origin story of Land of the Lost. So this is what Sid Croft says. Okay, dinosaurs are really exciting, Sid Croft told Dynamite. That's why we were thinking of doing something that had to do with dinosaurs. Then I went camping in the Grand Canyon. I suddenly thought, what a terrible place to be in an earthquake. At that moment, I saw a park ranger, and that sparked me. I thought, what if a park ranger and his son and daughter were in the canyon, and one of those gigantic rocks split open, and they found themselves in a world that time forgot? And, well, that's the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about that? That's fascinating to me. Also, like I said, um, the writer's room at Dynamite must have been fun because you could just throw out any type of idea and they're like, sure, let's use it. I think that must be what the writer's room at Land of the Lost was like as well. (laughs) Okay, did you know this? You guys, this blew my mind. So the Crofts, Sid and Marty, the Crofts started making people smile as puppeteers. Today, Sid and Marty Croft's interests have spread so far that the title, The World of Sid and Marty Croft, is not an exaggeration. As a matter of fact, all the artists and craftspeople at the factory are busy building a world right now. It's the world of Sid and Marty Croft, the world's first indoor amusement park, and it will open in Atlanta, Georgia next winter. There was like a Land of the Lost theme park. You guys, what Kristen, happened to it? That? I was getting so excited thinking this was current. <laughs> I was like, like oh, when? Like my, we're totally my going. Was, I can't wait. Field trip. Can't wait. <laughs> no, this is 1975. I how did I not know this? How did I not know about the Land of the Lost theme park? I would have been dying to go. Well, there could be actually there. So it did actually exist. It was built in what is now the CNN building. In Atlanta. Ah. So you see the CNN building on oh, TV yeah, all the time. Right That's the where the Land of the Lost Amusement Park was. It only lasted six months. Oh. That's why we never heard about it. Yeah. Um, and I can see that being it, a really specialized type of, you know, attraction. It's a little niche. Yeah. It's a little niche. <laughs> but they said they said it was a little, um, like you said, niche. No, I guess I said that. It, <laughs> Let's scratch that and start over. Um, They had a lot of reasons for it closing. One being that it was only attractive to a small number of people, like weirdos like me. And also that it was in an area of town known for its urban decay. And people thought it wouldn't be safe to go. Oh. 
I have a fun little question and answer, a little quiz for you all, you two. In the Dynamite magazine I was just talking about, where the lady wrote in, or the girl, Jill from Tiger Organ, Jill. wrote mm-hmm. in. So this is August 1980. It's a whole, the Brady Bunch is on the front, and we all know that by 1980, the Brady Bunch wasn't a current show, but it's called TV's Top Reruns, The Brady Bunch and More. And it's the article's reruns, the TV shows that wouldn't die. And it's just talking about rerun champs and the, the mm-hmm. reruns we all like to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, in the 70s and 1980s. And I just want to ask you guys to see if you can give me some that that were deemed worthy enough to put in this article. Oh, and was this what are something that Dynamite that we said or is it mm-hmm. did they ask the kids? It just says, here's a laughable look at the greatest, silliest okay. and the longest running reruns. Gilligan. Gilligan is on there. Mm-hmm. I love Lucy. Yes, that's the first one. Queen of the reruns. Mm-hmm. I watched I Love Lucy every day after school, even uh, when I was, gosh, I was like a sophomore in high school. So this would have been oh, like I 1982. Watched yeah. I was definitely, because I loved little Ricky and his little bongos. Now he went, <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> so these are the longest running and I don't the know silliest. Why that's so funny. His little bongos? (laughs) (laughs) He did say it just like that. He did. It was super cute. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm waiting for you to answer. We're still guessing. Okay. uh, Dick Van Dyke? Dick Van Dyke? Oh, sorry. Dick Van Dyke is not on there, but that would definitely be one. I would put that on my list. My Three Sons. It's not on there. Bewitched. I Dream of Jeannie. I'll just tell you. This is not going well. (laughs) <laughs> they have the odd couple, Gilligan's oh, Island, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. They have the Brady Bunch. They have Green Acres, the Monkeys, the Munsters and the Adams oh, Family. The Munsters and the Adams Family. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what MASH stands for, by the way? To... Does medical... it stand for A, Mobile Army Surgical oh. Hospital? Yes. B, yes. Medical Area Service Hospital, or C, no. Military Anti Anti Sanity? No. <laughs> no. It's A. A, final a. answer. Um, oh, I f- wait. Oh, crap. I have to find answers. I have to turn it upside down and look at <laughs> this tiny. Make not- you turn it is page. A. It is A. Okay. Okay. Last one. What does, um, oh, no, this is actually fun. We're going to keep going. What does Samantha and Bewitch do before working her magic? I'm not even going to give you the three <laughs> choices. She does her nose. Mm-hmm, she twitches her nose. I'm not yeah. even going to look at the answer on that one. I know that No, right. we don't need We don't need What parts of the $6 million man were bionic? A, an arm, an ear, and his legs. B, an eye, his legs, and an ear, or C, his legs, an arm, and an eye. Oh, oh it's I can't C. even keep it straight. I know. You have arm, oh. ear, legs. Yeah, because eye is definitely arm, one of them, isn't it? Arm, no, ear, no ear, legs. Yes. Is that what C. you said? C, C. Legs, yeah. arm, Jamie and an Summers, eye. who has an ear? Okay. And then I'm. Um, you guys will know this one too. What were the names? I'm not even going to give you the um, choices. The choices. What were the names of the original three sons on my three sons? Chip, Ernie, and Robbie. Oh wait, there's an no. older brother. Um, Robbie, yes, Ernie, Chip. Uh-huh. Those are right. Yes, of the original three um, sons. Yes, yeah, maybe that's an older the key. brother. And is it Mike? Oh, good yes. Job. So it's Mike, Robbie, and Chip. Yeah. Your other and choices would have was... been Huey, Dewey, and oh. Louie, or Greg, Bruce, and Chip. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> they should have had Peter, oh, Bobby, and Greg. Why do there? Why was uh, there always the elusive yes. older you guys, brother? Is there anything There's, in this episode we're going to be able to save? I don't. Because what was so. the yeah. one on Happy was Days? Chuck? Who was the older Chuck? brother in Happy oh, Days? Yeah. Chuck. That was Chuck. Yeah. Chuck. Yeah. Like, why bother having an elusive older brother? It serves no purpose. What is? Yeah, I don't know what the point of that is. They didn't have storylines around them or anything. They weren't a foil for anybody. Yeah, I don't neither. get it. Okay, um, Carolyn, well, do you have another I, one? Or I should am I go? happy to go because um, I was okay. thrilled. I'm sure in the May. 1978 issue when they featured on the cover Shields and Yarnell. <gasps> so creepy. Were they mimes? Yes, they were mimes. Yes. And we were Yes, and yeah. I loved they them. Were, Ew. I was put off you by were, the mimes. Well, they <laughs> I dressed yeah. as a mime for um and gave out balloons at my stepfather's furniture <laughs> store sale. <laughs> well, I want to know were you I have um, a photo yeah, of that, too. That we need to see I want to know, that. were you classically okay. trained as a mime? Or? Yeah. I, well, a I. A meme? Did we say meme? 
<laughs> I was not, but I had my mom made me, you remember talking about my mom sewing. I had an entire clown outfit that was black and white, but it was more like a clown outfit, but mm-hmm. I painted half my face black and the other half white. And I had the black and white hat and white gloves and I would pass out. And we also had a little Pepsi wagon. So I would give out <laughs> hot dogs and Pepsi and I just didn't oh, talk. Well, that, that works. That's the mime side It was hustle. probably my family saying, Michelle, be a mime. Mm-hmm. But don't talk. Oh my God, Michelle. <laughs> right. It was they their said suggestion. you're a mime. You can't talk. Right. It was you their suggestion. Talk. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. My mom. I was probably like, I want to be a clown. And my mom's like, How about a mime? <laughs> <laughs> nope. No talking. So nope. Well, you'll be don't glad talk to, to know the that Robert Shields, aka the Shields of the Shields in Yarn Now, that Shields. he was actually Marcel Marceau was. So impressed with Robert Shields, he said, "Come over to France, and I will teach you the classical art of of mime." And Robert went over there, and it just was not for him. He did not want to learn that kind of mime. He wanted to do his own kind of Robert Shields mime. mime. Oh. Yes, like variety and show. So mime. you know the mm-hmm. robot. That's what they were really big on right now. I'm roboting. Yeah, yeah. Weren't they in a box a lot? Were they in a box um, a lot or no? That's classical. Yeah. Mime. Is it really called meme? It's called mime. What is it called meme? In French, you say meme. Okay, well, see, I just and so you go to France. You're going to be in France. We're back in America. It's mime. Okay, so we say mime. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. So he he did his little act for a while solo, Robert. But then he met Yarnell. Sorry, wait, the of the bowl cut. The Gloria, I don't know what's her name. <laughs> yeah. Gloria, you're no. Uh, no, Lor- Lorene. Susan. Lorene. Deb. Lorene, you're But unfortunately, when Michelle and Tom Grimm, who wrote the article, when they went to Shields and Yarnell, <laughs> Yarnell's home to interview, look, <laughs> wait, they were married? <laughs> they were married. Yeah, they were married. They didn't stay married. What are the chances of marrying another mom? Well, she was actually an actress and a dancer. He taught her. <laughs> he taught her kind of the mime routine. Um, because Force she was mind. actually a, da- a dance class. <laughs> when they came to interviews. So, I'm sorry. So uh, she wasn't there during the in-depth interview. Robert had to answer all the questions for both of them. <laughs> well, she's a meme, so she can't talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen to this episode. I really don't. I think we have like eight salvageable minutes. That's interesting. You guys, can you just imagine the two of them though? Like when they're asking like, what do you want for dinner? It takes like 45 minutes because they keep. Oh, gosh. oh no. there you go. That's right. Well, but actually, oh. do you remember they had a variety show? Like we loved them so much as a society they that they got their own <laughs> weekly variety show. And they were people like this. Now, Michelle is frozen, so she can't see. But, like, don't you remember those kind of um, characters that they were? And I think yes. they had guests on their mm-hmm. variety yep. show. There's a cowboy and a lady of the evening. She's here. I'm sorry. Look at Michelle. <laughs> I think we lost her. <laughs> or we, wait. She's like, is I'm she, out. Is she being a mom? <laughs> wait. <laughs> Michelle, okay, we give. <laughs> Uncle. She's miming. Oh my God. She says we just lost our power. Oh my God. What is the deal? What is going on? I would say it was the ghost of Lou Frank. Nobody's not dead. It's the ghost of Lou Frank. No, except that he's not dead. This thing has been cursed from the beginning. Oh. oh my gosh, I'm laughing so hard. I'm about to wet my pants. This is when we need our Depends people to sponsor us. I know. It's sponsored <laughs> okay. by Depends. I can't, can it's you text her back? I don't even know laugh. who the phone is. Okay, um, yes. I don't know. Uh-huh. Should I, I say see ya? <laughs> <laughs> she says, swear to God, you guys, this episode is doomed. Swear to God, I'm sitting in the dark. I can't make this up. <laughs> Can't stop laughing. Uh, Is that what sure. I should say? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Now that we've pulled ourselves together, shall we proceed 
Okay, next we have a surprise for you. We called Martha today, our dynamite benefactor, because while we read her magazines, we got to know little Martha. Because if you recall, Dynamite was full of quizzes and questionnaires like we've been reading, and Martha's history was left behind on those pages in her handwriting with her big pen. So we thought we'd ask her about some of her answers in Dynamite and maybe even quiz her a little bit. So let's see how much she remembers. Okay, Martha. In July of 1981, you filled out a survey in the issue of Dynamite that featured on the cover, if this helps you, Valerie Bertinelli. Okay, and Dynamite asked you, who would you like to see featured in future issues of Dynamite? And what bands or musical uh, groups would you like to also see featured? And you took the time to fill it out. I guess you didn't mail it in, but you filled it out. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you if you recalled what three stars or celebrities would you have liked to read about in Dynamite magazine when you filled this out in 1981? Any thoughts? (laughs) I have no idea what I wrote. I'm guessing that um, I might have put Sean Cassidy. He is someone that would have been at the top of my list. Um, and oh. but he was, <laughs> he was in a lot of the issues, so he had some really yes, good coverage. I could see how we'll you... give you a hint. Think older, yeah, a little older than Sean Gasty. I have no idea. We've stumped yeah. you. Okay, I'm gonna let you know. You were interested in reading more about Bob Hope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you also you also loved George Burns. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, Gracie. Come on, uh, oh God, that's a great movie. Oh, oh God was a great oh, movie. Yes, that's true. Oh God was an excellent that. movie. That was a good movie. And Brooke Shields oh. was the third. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But the ultimate Indeed. trifecta there. So Martha, what three groups would you maybe musical groups would you have wanted to see featured? Or solo acts? In 19, what was it again? 81? 81. Okay. I don't know. I mean, ABBA comes to mind. Bee Gees comes Mm -hmm. to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, They're kind of some obvious ones. I'm sure I was more esoteric than that, but do tell. (laughs) Well, well, I will let you know. First, you would have loved to have um, heard some more or read some more about John Denver. Yeah. That goes with the George Burns, because John Denver was an oh God. That's right. Mm -hmm. He's one of my dad's favorites. I bet you had just seen that. Oh. Oh. Cute. I love listening to John Denver, especially when we're out around the bonfire. We always queue up John Denver around the bonfire. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's just That's evergreen. I love it. That is. That is. Um, And these guys like to think they're evergreen because I think they come through at like the casinos around here at Mystic Lake. We can sometimes um, catch a Styx reunion. So Styx is one of yours. Oh, Oh, my gosh. And then I think this is quintessential 1981 would be Air Supply. I love Air Supply, Martha. And I'm never going to make it like you. Making love. I love. I know like all the lyrics to Air Supply. Songs. Oh, I oh, do. Can too. I tell you a story about Air Supply? <laughs> yes, please. Oh, please. It's, it's really shocking. I was supposed to go with one of my older brothers to the Air Supply concert, and he ditched me to go with his then girlfriend, who we later dumped. Sad. That's unforgettable. Shame on him. We have words when it comes up. Would that have been your first concert? Yes. Yes. So he shortchanged you out of Air Supply being your first concert. And my first concert actually ended up being John Denver. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So we're going to have you back. We're going to have you back because we have a first Mm -hmm. concerts episode Uh, coming up in, I don't know, six weeks or so. And we want people to um, call. We're going to have a call-in number that you can just call and leave your voice, you know, your message about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding up the dynamite. Don, John and recover Martha's right like, now. Damn it! Why did I give these to her? <laughs> March of 1982, and the ears to you, Dynamite Kid. 
um, you know, here's your chance to give dynamite an earful. And when you're very, you fill these out, you just never sent them in. Um, your favorite TV shows are, I'm going to give you two and I'm going to see if you can give me the third one. In 1982, your favorite TV shows were Bosom Buddies. Solid choice. I love that show. Yes. Benson, another good one. Benson. And what do you think your third, um, your third one? Well, I'll give you one hint. You might have been hoping to see Bob Hope. Or George Burns on this show. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, the Carol Burnett show? No. That's a good guess. No, Another but good you show. love your third favorite show was The Tonight oh. Show. Oh. <laughs> You're an old soul, Martha. I thought you were going to say Love Boat. It's The Tonight Show. <laughs> no, Martha loved Bosom Buddies, Benson, and The Tonight Show. <laughs> show. Which I didn't normally get to watch. So that's... Martha, how old were you? (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Martha. Oh, my God. Okay, I have a very special issue of Dynamite. It's it's a collector's issue all about bummers where kids write in and say, like, isn't it a bummer when your shoelaces come untied? And you wrote all over the front of it, Martha's, keep your hands off. And then in all caps, you wrote again, hands off, just in case they didn't read the first message. It's that brother. It's that awful brother. Yes. Yes. I had two brothers. Everyone was all over your dynamite. Okay. And so there's a, there's a column in here where you get to write about your summer. And so this is, um, this is August of 1981. Um, I'm sure you don't remember this, but at the time you were reading a book called Hey Lover Boy. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Sounds like um, one of those sweet dreams romances that we posted about mm-hmm, that time, doesn't yeah. it? Like I can picture the cover of that book. It didn't, it wasn't a classic, I don't know. It wasn't a Judy Blue, um, so no. no. No, no, no. I think you got that on the sale table at the library. Um <laughs> Okay, that summer, so the summer of, of 1981, when you were 13 years old, you said, I learned how to, do you remember what you learned how to Drive. do? Oh, really? At 13? Oh, we learned really, I'm from rural <laughs> well, Iowa, so we learned really young. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're driving yeah. a tractor. I mean, she's watching George Burns <laughs> in Papa. I mean, she's probably, <laughs> oh. probably is. I was surprised. Maybe way more mature Did you us. learn to smoke a pipe? No, I didn't. <laughs> Um, I'll t- I'll tell you. You learned to do a backflip in the water. I like oh, how you emphasized yeah. it was in the oh, water, yeah. though. You didn't want to no, lead dynamite no. on. You wanted to make sure that they got the real deal. Okay, and then there's oh. another. Um, there's another. I'm sorry, Michelle. Carolyn. Oh, I'm just. I was Carolyn, just going to interject. You. I just thought this was, this was funny because I just looked up "Hey Lover Boy." Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. oh, you did? Oh, yeah. And it was originally published in 1981. I'm guessing. Yeah, children's book. But 13-year-old Paul's attempts to do research for the pornographic play he plans to write for Mrs. Coover's writing class are hampered by the sudden devoted attentions of his classmate, Margaret. I want to read it. His pornographic play? No, that just does not seem like me. Well, there's the Tonight Show and George (laughs) Burns and Bob Hope. You were just really, really advanced. Okay, this there's a quick column here that's super funny called "What's Hot and What's Not," and you get to just you're starting all over again because this is my rabbit hole. The author also wrote how to eat fried worms. Oh, that's a great way. There you go. Was that Richard Peck? No, um, this is Thomas Rock. That's how I got to it. The end. I'm stopping. And that I remember. I'm sure I just went to the library and said, what else do you have by this author? Yeah. It's Uh right next to it. Sure. You just grabbed it off the shelf. Hey, lover boy. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're all going to go find Hey, lover boy on eBay now. (laughs) And it's pornographic. I'm getting the sample right now. I know. (laughs) Okay. I have a quiz quiz that um, little Martha took. And little Martha did really well. And we just want to see if you can do as well oh, as little Martha not did. Not. <laughs> so this is, the article is called, Tune in to Dynamite's TV Trivia Quiz. Hold it, gang. Don't touch that dial. It's time to take a break from the puzzles and time to tune in to this TV trivia quiz. Okay, little Martha. Oh, no, this is big Martha. <laughs> big Martha, are you ready? You're competing against little Martha. Let's say old Martha. I don't like big Martha. You know, has the wrong <laughs> <laughs> She'd rather be old old. than big. (laughs) Okay. Old Martha. Number one. 
And these are all multiple choice. So I'll give you choices. That'll make it easier for you. Maybe. Tom Selleck made a lot of commercials before he hit it big on Magnum PI. His good looks have sold a lot of A, cigarettes, B, aftershave lotion, C, Pepsi, or D, all of the above. All of the above. Ding, 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 ding. Little Martha got that one right, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where, um, you know, Annie Smith. Yes. Um, She said she, when she saw Magnum P.I. on the screen, she got up really close and she was like examining it. And she thought to herself, hmm, I guess that's what sexy means. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. That's right. She was figuring it out. Okay. And the tube socks. Um, Number two, Laverne and Shirley has been a popular show for six years, but Penny Marshall has been on TV much longer. Again, we have multiple choice. Her first TV series was A, The Brady Bunch, B, The Odd Couple, or C, Happy Days. Happy Days. Oh, I would have said Happy Days, too. The Odd Couple. Hmm. She was Jack Klugman's secretary. Oh, gosh. And she Mm. was brilliant. Her name's like Bernice or something like that. Little Martha oh, got that right, way by the way. Go, oh, Martha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's good. Okay, number three. Gilligan and the rest of the passengers were left stranded on an island in the Pacific after their boat ran aground in a storm. The name of the ill-fated boat was A, Pacific Princess, B, Minnow, C, Titanic. It was Minnow. And you know what I just learned about that? <laughs> I didn't expect Martha to come bring us I stuff. I, I thought know. we were just going to give her stuff. Newton Minow was his name. <clears throat> Martha's going to be our new like oh. contributor. Like, and for that, She's we're back. going to go yeah. to Martha. <laughs> it, Martha's it in the field. It was Sherwood Schwartz. <laughs> yes. He says who who fired a return shot. At, oh, right, right. For naming <gasps> the shipwreck boat Gilligan's Island. Um, and yeah, anyway, huh. I think he was talking. That's oh, he was awesome. talking about TV as the vast wasteland. So Newton Minow, who was behind the, the starting of public television, went after what was on TV. And so Sherwood Schwartz said, oh, yeah, take that. That is fabulous. Oh, so just, that is fabulous. That is good, fun fact. And Sherwood Schwartz must have been so excited that his last name was oh, Minow. That been fits so nicely. Yeah. And this guy is just right. as cute as ever. His daughter was sitting on the couch behind when he was being interviewed, and he was just sharp as a tack, and he's like, 97 or something. Anyway. Mr. Yeah. Minnow? Anyway. That's yeah. hilarious. Oh. Sorry. Total sidebar. That's great. Right. No. <laughs> we love our sidebars. They're the Carolyn best loves a good sidebar. That will go actually, down in her I'm really hole. trying to um, write down some notes um, to figure out this. I'm really loving that. And now we go to Martha in the field. Like, <laughs> that was hilarious. I don't know how we can ever do that. And then we'll just, we'll just tape it at a different time. And it'll just be right. Martha's like man on the street interview. Please. We have, oh, we have Carolyn's rabbit hole and we have Martha yes, in the field. Perfect. Wouldn't that be so I funny? And she's it. just like, whatever we're talking about, like TV theme song. She just is out there with a microphone and, a, and her and her iPhone going, what's your favorite TV theme song? What's your favorite TV theme song? We can figure something out. This would be right, really funny. Right. There are no TV theme songs I like how anymore. I'm texting my family too. Can so- I went straight from therapy to this and I'm starving. Oh. And I'm like, can someone please bring me a sleeve of Ritz crackers and a Diet Pepsi and sit them outside my closet door? I have, I have some nice. blueberries. So I'll share with you. Okay, let's see. Oh, uh, Let's move on. Let's go up to the greatest American hero oh. shall we you guys is that the greatest mm-hmm. theme song it ever oh, speaking of theme songs believe it or not i'm walking on air i never thought i could feel so free joey scarborough right did the song yeah yes yeah. good memory yeah. yes, yes that made sure. it to the billboard mm-hmm. is that believe a song maybe you could put on a sp- Walking on it. Is that like an actual, like sometimes, you know, theme songs are an actual full length song? Oh, it was on the radio. It was a hit. I'm adding it to Spotify playlist. Huge hit. Huge hit. And the the show was also hilarious. Yeah. Such a good show. Okay, so let's, here's our greatest American (laughs) hero question, Um, which little Martha did get right also. The greatest American hero is always flying off and getting involved in all kinds of adventures while his girlfriend worries about him. What does she do for a living? A, she's a lawyer. B, she's a teacher. C, she's an actress. Or D, she worries. <laughs> I don't know. For a living teacher. No, she's no. a lawyer. Little Martha was paying yes, attention. Was. 
<clears throat> I love that this was, question. I'm sorry, Carolyn, what? Oh, I was just going to say that was Connie Selica, oh, I believe. Yes. Is that correct? Oh. Yeah, you're nice. right. I feel like I had more information about Connie Selica and nothing came out of my mouth. Here's one. I think this is my favorite question. On the show, Different Strokes, Arnold and Willis now live in the beautiful Fifth Avenue apartment of Philip Drummond. How did he first meet the boys? A, their mother was his housekeeper before she died. B, he donated some money to the adoption agency where they lived and Arnold accepted the check. Or C, they were wandering in the streets and he asked them for directions. Their mom was the maid. Yes, oh, that's was. what I think. Yeah. Too. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ding, this ding, is ding. so fun. I think we should do a whole episode on like some game show like this. This is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Now. <laughs> you guys are all, I get met with crickets, but I'm like, this is really fun for me. <laughs> this is the last one. And I'm just going to tell you, little Martha had a lot of trouble here and there's a lot of crossing out and some scribbling and... I'm not exactly sure if she got it right or if she chose all of them. I don't know. Okay, so so just know. I can just see little Martha. Like, I know. Okay, no. Be better, little Martha. Be better. And you guys, she had no Google. There was nothing that she could right. do. She couldn't get the answers. Okay, so here's the question. Before Merlin Olson put on his priestly robes and became Father Murphy, he was A, a football player. B, an actor on Little House, C, a sports announcer, or D, all of these things. things. All of these things. I think little Martha eventually got there, but it was just hard for her. (laughs) I'm just really feeling for her right now. (laughs) Martha, thanks for playing, man. Yes. You guys are great. This was really fun. We're definitely going to have you back, Martha. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have you back. We'll quiz you some more on your Dynamite magazines. Okay, well, you know, Bob Hope (laughs) and George Burns are timeless. So I'm I'm really good. They are. (laughs) (laughs) They are. And the Tonight Show. <laughs> okay, Martha, would you like to tell people how to follow Kunal Collections? You want to give us your tagline for what Kunal Collections is and how they oh, can yeah. find you? Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Kunal Collections or on Facebook at Kunal Collections. Martha sources um, home items from all over the world, from Norway and Morocco and um works with artisans all over the world to bring you beautiful things for your home. The thing that I have all over my house are sheepskins. I love them. And I was, Martha, I was telling Carolyn and Michelle about how the guy who gets your sheepskins lost his sheep one day and you had to go out on the mountain and help him find his sheep. We found the sheep. Beautiful stuff. Blankets and pillows and poofs and pottery. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Really beautiful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll put a link in the show oh, notes. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. It's very oh, official. Thank you. We are very sweet in case you, know, <laughs> you are. In case word on the street says anything else. We are sweet. Oh my gosh. Martha, thank you so much for being our guinea pig you today. Yeah. You're yes. a good sport. Yeah. Martha. Thank thanks you, Martha. for inviting me. I you love sure Martha. Are. It was nice Martha, to meet her. Martha, you're so great. And this episode of the PCPS is dedicated to Martha and all you Gen Xers who saved your pennies and counted the days until the next Scholastic Book Order arrived so you could get your beloved Dynamite magazine. Thanks for listening and have a Dynamite day. And join us next time when we'll be saving that circular path to Nirvana, the roller rink. And also, if you enjoy our conversations, we'd be so grateful if you would leave a glorious review using the words witty and enlightening, if you'd like. And most importantly, (laughs) subscribe or follow wherever you listen. That's really important. And we also have a lot of fun on social media. Just search Pop Culture Preservation Society. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast. Courtesy of Chrissy, our favorite blonde, Janet, our favorite brunette, and Jack Tripper, our favorite pretend gay man. (laughs) To good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. 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 Hallelujah, motherfuckers. Jesus. Oh, my God. Let's...
wrap that. Just, uh, <laughs> I, I want to renegotiate my contract before I go into this editing. Into the I want to get booth. out of my dark closet. It's scary in here. Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.